So maybe you're one of those insurance producers who doesn't really know exactly how to get to the next level. Your wheels are spinning. You're not really understanding exactly what to go after, how to write bigger accounts, how to get more signed broker of record letters. If that's you, I really feel like this podcast episode is going to help you out. Today on this podcast episode, I am interviewing one of my past clients. His name is Guffy Wright. Guffy is absolutely killing it. I can't wait for you to actually hear his story about what he's doing, what he's going after, and how he has created his book of business and has gotten up to this point to about $2.5 million of commission. And so if you're interested in hearing about how a producer goes from about 700 grand up to 2.5 million in commission in just a few years, stay tuned. What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. My name is Charles Specht, and I am your host, and I am very glad that you are here. Thank you for taking some time to be with us and listening to this particular podcast. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the listeners of Permission Nation, and thank you. And I am actually pretty excited to be able to introduce you. I consider him a friend. He is, uh, he's been a colleague. I worked with him at the same agency for a time. His name is Guffy Wright, and I just feel like he should be really sort of the poster boy on what an insurance agent ought to do in order to grow their book of business to a million dollars or more. I'm really excited for this conversation. I think you guys are going to get a ton of value out of this, but I want to just introduce him right now. His name is Guffy Wright. He's with the Mahoney Group out of Arizona. Guffy, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Happy to be here, Charles. Really grateful to spend some time with you. All right, man. Tell you what, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the business, uh, just quickly kind of like what the Mahoney Group does and doesn't do, and, and we'll kind of start the conversation there. Sure. So I started selling insurance here at the Mahoney Group at age 22. I've now been here for 16 years, mostly focused on real estate. And you know what the Mahoney Group does is we're a retail agency. We're one of the largest privately held insurance brokerages in the United States. And we have different niches and, and practice groups that we focus in on. And we are you know, committed to serving our clients in the insurance industry like many other retail agents. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, here's what I would say uh, in regards to the vast majority of listeners out there is that you are likely at an agency very similar to the feel, the size, the culture of even the Mahoney Group where Guffy's at. You know, unlike, for example, maybe some of the very large alphabet houses, that's a completely different culture, very corporate. I would suspect that you would probably fit really well 
into an agency that's very similar to like what Guffy's at. And Guffy would probably fit very similar to where you're at. I want you just to understand that so that you can see that people, producers who are at small, medium-sized agencies can build a very large book of business that you don't have to work for one of the very large alphabet houses to make it happen. And so I think you're going to get a lot of things that you can take away from this message. So definitely be listening. So I want to kind of start maybe towards the beginning of where we started doing business together, Guffy. So you know, take me back to 2018 when we started working together. You reached out to me. Kind of remind me about how that process worked and why did you reach out and so forth. Sure. So when I reached out to you, the book of business was around 700,000 and I had been around six to 700 for five years in a row, was feeling stagnant, really wanted to hear an outside voice. Like I had mentioned, I have only worked for the Mahoney Group in this capacity as in commercial insurance sales. And so I was really looking for help in different ways to reach my goal. I had made a goal to cross over a million dollars in a three-year time period. You were talking about signed broker of record letters. I had recently lost an account on a signed broker of record letter. I thought, man, I don't know. I didn't really believe that that was the best way to do business at the time, especially in my industry, which is heavily real estate. But what you said and, and your messaging you know, resonated with me. So I thought, let's see what this guy's all about. And that's when I reached out to you um, on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I know we started connecting, as you said, around 2018, your book was around 700 grand. You were sort of at that, at that rate or at that book about five years. You would win some clients, you would lose some clients. So you were around that amount, right? And then you mentioned that you lost an account by broker record letter and that kind of opened your eyes, right? So take me back to that point. What happened? Why did you lose it? What did you learn from it? So this particular account was with the carrier that was the only carrier in the industry that would, that would write that business. And I thought I was safe. I didn't think that I could lose it. And when I lost it, I was, I was very surprised that I lost it. And it was on a signed broker of record letter. And instead of you know, being upset by it and not understanding this or that, I started reflecting and, and thinking, man, if this can happen to me, how can I now then take this as a win or a gain or an experience for the rest of my book of business and ideal clients and really start building a case to attract my ideal client and what solutions can I provide that'll ultimately attract my ideal clients to the way we do business. And that's kind of how it started. Yeah. What was the size revenue on that account that you lost? It was about 65,000 commission. So 65 yeah. revenue, you know, never a good day to lose that. But yeah, it, about, it was, about 10% of your overall book just gone with one signature. At the time. Correct. Okay. All right. I remember back from our conversations because uh, one of the things, by the way, you know, that Guffy, I think, did really well. And this is a sort of testament to what you have to do in order to succeed is that I would have conversations with Guffy. We were doing our one on one coaching calls and so forth. And then at the calls, we would talk about things that you have to do, changes you have to make. You know, what are going to be, say, two or three things that you're going to do, you know, before we have our next call? And I remember that you would actually do the things that you said you were going to do. And it was just sort of that change in, I'm not going to do it how I've always done it. I'm going to try something different in order to get another result. And I feel like that was very important because as I re sort of think back to the conversations that we had when you first started is we were talking about the types of accounts that you go after, right? And so 
you know, I believe that you were doing, you know, just a fair number of real estate apartments, just you had a lot of different stuff in the real estate portfolio. And I asked you, I said, okay, look, you know, you're losing some accounts every year. You're gaining some accounts. You're just stuck. Your, your wheels are literally spinning right now. What size of account are you willing to prospect at this time and write? And I remember your answer to me, like I just, like it was yesterday. You said, you know, if it's a thousand dollars or more in commission, I'll write it. And I remember just having that conversation. I remember like, that's the problem right there is we are never going to get past this point. If you're writing $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 commission accounts, that there has to be a complete change in the overall mindset of the size of the account that you're going to go over. And unless we can decide what that leveling up is going to look like, I just feel like we're going to be continually spinning our wheels. Do you, re you know, remember that conversation or that mindset shift change that you dealt with? And tell me about like what you were going through at that time. Yeah, I do remember that conversation. And, and, we said, okay, if you're a million dollar producer, what does that make you worth an hour? What is your time worth? Mm -hmm. And so I had to kind of back into that and get real honest with myself. You know, I believe all progress starts by telling the truth. And I started targeting then larger accounts. And, and like you said, some of your, you know, some of your agents you work with may not do what you say. I, I think it's important to know that you will know what you're committed to by what you say no to. Not what you say yes to. So if, if you're, if somebody, if a, an account calls in and they're two or three revenue, but you've already committed to write 10 revenue or up or 25 revenue or up, and you say, yes, I'll quote that, or yes, I'll, you know, I'll write that. It just shows your level of commitment. And so you, it, all progress starts by telling the truth on what you're really committed to. And I was committed to getting over a million dollars of revenue uh, for various reasons, but but yeah, I definitely remember that conversation. And I was kind of lying to myself like, well, if it's easy to write, I'll write it. It doesn't take that much time and this and that. And, and it's like, no, you have to draw a line and you have to commit to it. And so some of the most powerful things you can do is say no. Some of the most powerful things you can do in a group is leave the group. And so I left the group of, you know, at the time it was 10, I went to 10 revenue and that was scary. You know, and here I am. Five years later, I won't write anything over under a hundred revenue. And even that I need to push because I'm feeling a little bit complacent. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I definitely remember that conversation and I, I had to commit to it and I committed to it, you know, the best way I knew how. Yep. So I'm going to talk about that in just a second, but let's dangle the carrot out there so people can see. So you were at 700,000, you hit the million dollar mark. So we started, I guess, what, the end of eight, 2018, you were at 700,000. How long did it take you then to get to the million once you switched the type of an account we were going after? So 12 months later, I went over a million dollars at the end of 2019. End of 2019. Correct. And your book's at what right now? Around 2.5. 2.5. And you hit the $2 million commission level at what year? 2022. You went from a million in 2019 to 2 million in 2022. Correct. Okay. And ain't no way you were getting there at $1,000 of revenue per account, right? I mean, it just, it wasn't going to happen. Nope. Part of also the conversation I remember having with you, Guffy, is, and again, you know, well done because this changed everything in your life. It was up here. There was no difference. I remember like you didn't even change the industry that you were going after. You didn't even change like the type of um, insurance policies you were selling. 
you changed the size of the account. And I remember like telling you, it's like, look, you know, you need to go back and just sort of look in the mirror, have some conversations with yourself, come back and like figure out what really is the size of account that you want to write going forward. And I mean, I didn't check my notes to see if I wrote it down, but I actually remember you hit you saying $50,000. I really would want to only work on accounts that are $50,000 of commission and going forward. That's the number that I, I can like remember in my head. And I just thought, all right, that's perfect. Now we are talking here. Now we're going to start creating, you know, the mindset shift, the types of prospects you're going to go after. And that's the thing. Like, I just feel like that was the thing that, that hits you in the face, realizing that I'm writing small accounts. I'm writing accounts that, if I can remember correctly, you were writing accounts that basically had like one location property. They weren't really in acquisition mode. They just had a property. They were never going to grow. That was like the normal size of account. And then we sort of made that, sh that shift into going after larger accounts that were in more acquisition, that had more of a portfolio of accounts. And that was really kind of the thing that sort of sent you in the right trajectory. Would you say that's true? I would say that's true. I would add to that, that I wrote down and got really clear on who my ideal client was. And, you know, I do believe that the only way to make your present better is by making your future bigger. And so with these, this large goal that I had, I had to get real clear on who my ideal client was. I wanted my, pro I wanted my clients to prospect for me in my sleep, and I wanted to do business from my couch. And at the same time, grow the book of business in a way that really stretched me and I didn't even know that was possible. As soon as I established those big goals, the path to get there actually got really clear. Because there are a thousand ways to grow your book of business by 10%. But to double your book of business, there may only be one or two ways to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I did. I, I said, okay, here's my minimum revenue. But then I wrote down the type of client. Who is my ideal client? Got really clear about that and specific. Committed to them in their industry, and then also committed to the insurance industry and building value adds and how to make their life you know, better. Um, and then just stayed consistent with it, believed in the process that we were doing. And, and you know, if the what or the goal is, is big enough and the why is, is deep enough, the path will always show itself. The how, the how is, will always reveal itself. So I spent a lot of time why I want this, what I want. I don't spend a whole lot of time on the how because it, it presents itself if you're really committed to it. And then you got to work it. And you absolutely yeah. have to work it. Yeah. You know, you said something earlier. You actually said a couple of things that like, I, I just felt that's so powerful is you, know, you talked about what you will say yes to, but also what you're saying no to. And a lot of people say, yes, I want to write bigger accounts. Yes, I want to prospect that but they don't say no to the things that need to be said no to, or they sort of like, they sort of play games with it. They say, yeah, you know, I want to write bigger accounts. And even as you were saying it, like I could think of like two or three people that I had conversations with, you know, this last week where they're saying, yeah, you know, I know I spent time working on it, but it's just, I can do it kind of quickly um, and get it done. I just thought, no, man, you're taking away your time from going after bigger stuff. It's like, you're, you're lying to yourself when you're doing that. You're sort of playing games. You're not, you're not really yet convinced what your time is worth. And when you started to look at like what you're making on an hourly basis from your commission versus how much time you're spending in the insurance business, you were able to then to, to make that shift in your head. This is what I say yes to. This is what I say no to. And that, I just feel like that overall, because like you were, you were completely decided, you had made that decision. 
that was the main thing that really, I think, kind of like made the shift so that you're able to go from 700 grand of book of business to now 2.5 million in what, five years, five, five and a half years? That's a huge jump. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business. So don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's nbsbrokerage.com. And by the way, tell them Charles sent you. Huge jump. Yeah, and you really did help me with the mindset, Charles. And that's something that, you know, I, I don't think would have been possible without you. So I really, really appreciate your your coaching on that. If you're listening out there right now, some of the time, sometimes when I hear a bigger goal or when I want to do something, you start thinking, okay, what do I have to do differently? And I would say that's that's a good question, but that's probably the second best question. The first question is, what do I need to remove? Or what do I need to say no to now? And every time you give up something or sacrifice something for a deeper why, you will free up your time and you will absolutely focus more on your bigger goal. I mean, what you focus on is going to expand. Every, you know, when you're buying a car, Charles, you probably, you know, when you bought your Lamborghini, you probably saw Lamborghinis everywhere on the street, right? Or when you're buying a Tesla or a Honda Accord, you see that car everywhere. And I, I think there's some truth and some science behind that, that what you focus on expands. And, you know, everyone says the most finite resource is our time. I'm not so sure. I think it's your attention. What you decide to focus on, what you put your attention to, you connect that to your why. I think, it, I think it'll really, really help, you know, you as you, as you accomplish your goals. And I, I always say, if, if your why doesn't make you cry, then your why sucks. And yeah. here, here at the Mahoney Group, at least I can say, you know, I, I have the ability and the opportunity here to chase my dreams, pursue my dreams while protecting the dreams of others. And, you know, I love that. And that's why I loved working here at the Mahoney Group and why I'm committed to staying here and just watching our people grow. Here, it's about the people. It's about making real connections, relationships. We don't just talk about it. I mean, as you know, we... We are really committed to our people, and that includes our ideal client. Yeah. You know, two things that I want to now kind of transition to is sort of how you're prospecting in your geographic territory, and now the focus on broker record letters rather than just quoting, right? So, you know, what I, and I, like, I've used you in, in um, my examples when I'm talking to different people, like, do what Guffy does, you're going to have really good results. But what you do because of how you're set up and the size of the accounts that you go after, you're not just like calling on stuff in your city and your county. You're doing much more like national. So talk to me about like where you you prospect at from, you know, from around the country and are you doing it, you know, are you getting in a plane and flying to these people? Like how are you doing your prospecting and where? Oh, great question. So, you know, one of my, what I wanted in the book of business was to do business at home. You know, I have four children you know, wonderful wife, wanted to spend more time with them and not just get burnt out. And so one of those things was, okay, I have to be able to do business virtually and I have to be able to do it well. 
So the clients we target a lot of times are private equity firms out of San Francisco or Dallas or Chicago, but they have properties in various states. And so how we go about that is, you know, we're really committed to the virtual sale and transacting business virtually while at the same time going to visit these clients personally and developing that deep connection and relationship. So I really like virtual sales because it helps me and the client work together. For example, I can tell the client, These are my, this is my ideal client and share a screen. A million dollar premium spend, 10 plus properties, needs extra work than just you know a quote renewal once a year. This, 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 this. Needs a lender liaison, needs uh, steps to closing, works with your development team. And then I say, does this sound like you? I share a screen. They say yes, or they lean in or they lean out. I'm trying to attract or repel you know, the ideal client. And so virtual sales does a nice job of that. I don't have to jump on a plane and then realize, oh, your brother-in-law writes the insurance? Well, I wish I would have known that before I you know, booked first class and to, to come to see you, right? So the virtual sales has been really, really important to our real estate practice. And we do a lot of virtual Zooms. You know, we even if we have a closing, we do like a Zoom to close. Or if we have a renewal, Zoom to renewal, where we're just constantly having that cadence and pace with the ideal client to just totally separate ourselves from the competition. Do you think that that, um, I mean, I, I obviously COVID, you know, during that process happened, right? So you're kind of forced to do that. But really... I think it's more than that because your clients are just, they're elsewhere. They're not local to you. So it required you to just expand your pond, right? Because like I said, you're like, there's only so many accounts that are that size in real estate. So was it like, was it a, was it a, a um, an actual decision you just said, I'm going to go outside of my state or was it just, you did something and it worked out? Well, we, we've been selling outside of our state for a number of years because we had a, apartment program that that helped us just kind of go out of state. And when I was first starting in the business, it was, okay, well, if it if it's a 100 unit property, and it's 15,000 commission in Texas, and 100 unit properties, 2000 in Arizona, and it's the same amount of work, well, I'm going to go focus in Texas. But the problem with that is I became a very transactional agent, where I was only as good as my latest price, um, in my latest program. And so to do it virtually and to do it right, we really had to build value-added services that is, are deeply connected to our ideal client. And our value proposition inside our real estate practice was we have the experience to deliver better than marketplace solutions. Ultimately, if they, if they trust that, and we've done a good job of articulating that, and we lay out a path to, to where we can take their insurance program, then the broker of record conversation becomes a lot easier. We're sharing stuff with them on Zoom. That's, you know, we have 15 different things out and all of a sudden we're doing a virtual sale and they say, you know what? I've really struggled with acquisitions. And then I can just pull up and be fluid and say, well, here's our steps to acquisitions. Do you think this will help you? And in those steps to the acquisition, a BOR is one of those steps. Or Mm -hmm. here's how we can separate your account from your peer. We do, here's our own statement of values. Here's how we utilize this technology. Here's how we utilize this. And just kind of fluid and sharing screens, it really helps the ideal client lean in and think, wow, these guys are, they, they have their stuff together. I mean, we've had, we've had people say, you know, we've, we've had people say, hey, I just have one question before we sign this over. Are we your ideal client? You know, and these are people spending millions of dollars of insurance premiums a year asking us if we're there, you know, if they're our, our 
our ideal client, right? And then also I've had other prospects say, well, I just don't know if we're big enough for you. And I said, well, what's your premium spend? And they're like, well, we spend about 1.8 million. And, you know, humbly I say, I think I can work you in, you know, but no, I, uh, I definitely, definitely want to help, want to help that, that type of, um, that type of client and, and place them. So, you know, I hope that answered your question of the virtual cell and also, you know, how that is just really beneficial because they think they're on a neutral field, but no, this, you can, as an agent, you can make this home court advantage and then some, and, you know, most agents will say, I'd rather meet in person, I'd rather meet in person. Zoom, you can practice, you can record, you can evaluate, you can review, and your clients are not, they're just listening to you, you're sharing screens, and you can still see their face and read their body language as they're looking at what you're, you know, you could tell if they're leaning in or not to your, you know, to your message. So I try to book virtual sales first, and I do have local business as well here in Arizona, but really... It's a lot of it's out of state. And then we kind of build on that first appointment. Then we say, okay, let's do the second appointment. And, but I definitely like to go out and see him in person and develop that real connection and relationship. No matter how virtual we get, there's not going to be, you know, a better way to develop a real relationship than in person. But I do believe transacting business in Zoom. I mean, I'm, I'm more comfortable with that at this point. Yeah. So last topic or question here is. You're, you make that sort of transition in your geographic territory. You're, you're expanding out. How did it change your, your prospecting or really kind of the conversation of the sales going from just you know, quoting you know, a, a, a one location now to really having a broker record letter conversation? Talk to me about like how that has changed it in your mindset and really shown itself in practice. I think that's a good question. And I think it goes back to a couple things. When you are that confident in your and who you can actually help and serve of who your ideal client is, if you are willing to say no to quote, they will respect you. And then if you have the broker record letter conversation and they say no, I'd rather someone say no and respect you. And then you get to decide if you want to continue to work on it or not. Now we're in a difficult market on the insurance side for apartments. And so it's become even easier for a broker record letter conversation. It's really hard to win accounts, just quoting straight up. But to answer your question, I think the conversation has become easier and easier and easier because I deeply believe it is in the insured's best interest to use one broker. It's in the carrier's best interest to have a broker record letter, and it is in the agent's best interest to control you, the, the, the market. You had made a comment a couple of years ago that stuck with me is we want that competition to happen at the underwriting level, not the agent level. And we have to be able to articulate why that's true. So if a lot of insureds have just been quoting and pinning agents against each other, well, that's all they know. And so if we can educate them and show them a better way, the ideal client's going to totally understand that. And the larger the account is, I mean, Aon and Marsh have already done this work for all of us guys. They're BOR only. So when you're talking to a large client, they kind of know this is how the game is played. And they're, they want to see the value that you can bring to the table and how you're going to make their life better, not just save them 10%. I mean, they can call Geico if they want to save 10%. So I get it how price is the elephant in the room, but you don't even need to talk about it or bring it up because if you're, if you're placement, so this is the word we use a lot, Charles, is placement. If you allow the Mahoney Group to place your insurance, this is what it's going to look like. We do placements. 
If you want to quote, call State Farm, call another agent that doesn't, that is a generalist. Generalists love to quote. Generalists love to quote. It's their favorite thing in the world. Niche people, micro niche people especially, man, you want to work with me? You want to work with our team? You have to sign this, and this is why your life is going to be better. It's just an ethical line in the sand, you know, giving the insured information that is going to be in their best interest after all is said and done. I just really 100% believe that. I do. Yeah, and there's some agents that have, have done it poorly and maybe given a bad taste in the mouth, and that's the agent not showing or articulating you know, what they're doing, but those are on smaller accounts. And you know, if you really want to increase your book of business, I don't know how you do it without targeting broker record letters. I mean, I, I'd love to hear another way. It just goes back to my earlier point. If you want to double your book of business um, or grow in a major way, there's really typically only two or three ways to do that. Um, if you want to grow your book by 10, 10%, I mean, go join the other 40,000 independent agents and just either work harder or do what you've always done. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, just a percentage. What percentage do you think now when you're getting a new client is via a broker record letter through placement rather than just a quoting process? I'm trying to think of the last time I quoted something without a guarantee that I was the agent. And I have a really good memory. And I, <laughs> and I can't even- It's the change of the process. I'm, I, get I can't even think of it. I mean, I, last year we had a, I wrote something in May they were on an actual cash value policy and I didn't want to BOR it. So I said, hey, this replacement cost policy is going to cost you more, but just tell me what you want. If you want an actual cash value policy on your portfolio, that's great. Make sure you know what you're doing. I'm not going to take that over. And they said, oh, we had no idea we were. I said, okay, do you think that's grounds for termination of your agent? They said, yes. Great. I'm not going to BOR that, but let me just quote something else and get you something in place. We did. It was more expensive, but they, they were super grateful. And that would be the last time I quoted something or took something over without being a broker of record letter. Yep. Got it. So just to summarize, and then I'm going to kind of say where you can uh, you know, connect with Guffy at, but about a $700,000 book of business, writing kind of smaller accounts, wheels are spinning, just going through a normal quoting process, running a little bit of business, but losing some business. Makes a mindset shift in looking at what he wants out of his life, what he wants out of his book of business takes a really hard look at the type of account, size of the account, what type of ideal client he wants going forward. It even expands the territory that he really prospects in. Goes from a $700,000 book of business to a million relatively quick. Now in about a five-year period, he goes from $700,000 to $2.5 million, and it's probably going to be at a $3 million book of business in no time. I mean, that really is sort of the difference between really diving in and understanding your micro niche your ideal client, putting a line in the sand, not just going through the quoting process, but understanding your value. So, man, Guffy, I really appreciate you just explaining all that, you know, letting us dive into a little bit of the mind of Guffy um, and understanding you know, what really has made you successful up to this point. Can you tell people maybe how to connect with you, how they can reach out to you and maybe learn a little bit about you, your process, or even the Mahoney Group? Sure. So I'm on LinkedIn and I'm our real estate practice leader and I'm on our board of directors. And so I'm pretty easy to get a hold of and happy to share, you know, any insights that may help you. And, and there's sure that I'm sure there's, you know, we can learn any, you know, a lot of things from anybody. 
But I just want to also just drill down on where the Mahoney Group is going. We are committed to staying privately held and sharing our profits with our people. And so, you know, we have a, a really, really slick new validating producer program and we are committed to, you know, perpetuating. And so if anybody's chasing dreams and needs mentors or people that, that care about their future success, I can just tell you the Mahoney Group's committed to that. And uh, where we're going is the growth is real. And so anybody has any questions, please reach out to me. I'd love to start a conversation. Appreciate that, Guffy. Appreciate you. And just uh, to, to speak to you listeners here for a moment, take these things to heart. What was just said, what is the basic primary message of what we've been talking about here? And then ask yourself, how can you replicate that into your own career? What sort of decisions do you have to make from the top down about the types of accounts you're going after, the size of the account, your ideal prospect, what you will or will not say yes to or no to, what you will work on, what you will not work on? I want you just to maybe even start with one main thing. Start with one main thing and then build from there. If you do that, I really feel like you'll be able to build your million dollar book or, or business or more. You might even get it up to two million, two and a half million, or like with Guffy, you're going to be hitting three million you know, in a relatively short amount of time. But Guffy, again, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate you and everybody. Thanks for listening. My name is Charles Specht. I am the host of the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast, where I teach and train insurance agents just like Guffy and just like you, how to build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.